0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Maria Cudimore, personal development coach on sex and relationships, and host of MZR, an Instagram live podcast. Today's show is about tips for the newlywed. And I dedicate this show to my beautiful nephew who just got married um, about two weeks ago. And there's so much I wanted to tell him, and I thought the best way to do this would be to put it in a podcast that he may reflect on it and use it more than once whenever he needed. it. But I also felt other couples up there may have the same need. And so, little things I would like people to remember. Marriage is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful year. Finding that someone who wants to say to the world you're mine has an amazing feeling and it's just awesome. It's just beautiful because you want to share your life with this person and this person wants to share their life with you. And <clears throat> although you both are learning, you're, you're willing to do it together. Um, then things go south and we wonder why. And so I'm going to talk about how to not let them go south and how to maintain the beauty. And I think one of the things that you always need to have is a strong faith or commitment to, I have agreed, to stick to this. It still needs to be both parties. job. But as long as you focus more on yours than theirs, then it should help tremendously. With unrealistic expectations, with understanding your role, with not overdoing, not being a martyr, and then expecting someone to notice you what you sacrificed, sacrifice only what you're willing also to let go, and would do without being, you know, it being an issue and lose the romantic ideas of what TV makes it and get real about what's real for the two of you. A lot of times people think loving someone is putting all your energy and pleasing and doing all these romantic gestures Oh, he loves me if he does this with me. Oh, she loves me when she lets me do this. Or she loves me so I could do this. Or you're putting in all of this work to be something you're not. And the problem with that is that's not sustainable. But marriage is about sustainability. Marriage is about how long can we last together. We've committed in front of everybody, depending on your service, that you want to stay together. And don't forget, marriage isn't really a religious thing. It's more of a legal thing, too. So you're also thinking, look, I'm making a lot of financial commitments to this other person. And I want to think long and hard about it. But I'm here now. How am I going to make this right for us? And yes, some don't work. But a lot don't work. Mostly because of our misconceptions. Most of the time, you can love nearly anybody. The problem lies often is whether you love somebody that had many of your same principles or did you love somebody out of your sphere of principles and as a result, there's a lot of constant adjustments. The trick, however, regardless of whichever reason you married for, is remembering. Am I loving me? And if you are loving you, then you're not in this other person's business, you acknowledge the space between you as I'm a whole individual or I'm working to be a whole individual and so are they. And my job isn't to make them happy but to always make me happy. My job isn't to cater to their needs but cater to my own needs and in the process we both benefit. Because. It allows for sustainability, Brilliant, really and truly. Self-love is really sustainability. I don't promise you at the beginning hills and mountains and snow when I know I'm barely struggling with me being able to produce for myself anything more than a raindrop. So your aim is not to to commit to things you don't know if you can sustain. You know, we get into relationships, we don't always have the most important conversations. We're talking more about our love so much. We don't talk about what our bad times are like and what we think we're gonna need for them. But everybody's a growing spiritual individual. Everybody, everybody is really a spirit of some kind, a spiritual, and all of us have the same capacity, but some of us have different focuses. So it will be very hard, and I hear this because so many of us complain about what our partner is not doing. Anytime you're spending energy on working out what your partner isn't doing, means you're also at the same time not really focusing on yourself. You can't fix anywhere. Is to fix you. So understand to cut your partner some slack and come up with things that allow you to solve you for when they do the things that irritate you. Something as simple as um, I. I'm very. Um, I like to find things. I'm very. I like to say I'm so lazy. I like to do things once and not have to constantly repeat them. So I'm very particular about putting away stuff and being able to find it when I need it because I'm often trying to do so many things, I need to put my hand on it when I'm ready. But my partner was, although very tidy individual, wasn't much about putting things back. He was happy to clean the counter and push them all up against the wall and, you know, it would look great, but nothing would be put back. And so, although very close in belief systems, those small points became a major issue because it would be a did you put it back? Why you can't find it? It's not where it was supposed to be. Did you put it back? Whether it be tools, whether it just had this habit and it would drive me crazy. And I realized early into the game when we got married, it was a born of contention. And at first, it used to cause me to fret. And then I realized, can you really do this for 20 years? Do you really want to do this for the next 20, 30 years of your life? Are you going to find a way to accept it and move on from it? So, when I noticed that he was cluttering what I like to call my gutter, that hey. I like to kind of clear, I merely said to him, right? Huh? in the basket and to the side of our sink up to now there is a basket where he is allowed to throw all of the things he uses in it because in a basket nobody's expecting it to be tidy and fully in order and things to stand out. My culture is clear that's what I wanted. He gets the basket we find both of our things and even if he doesn't put it back it's a simple sweep for me that's right in the basket and it be out of my way. Solution one. I gotta come up with this because it's what I want. He's not interested in the country. It doesn't matter to him. It's not the area he decides to work on in himself. So are we gonna fight over it? And am I gonna make it into a huge issue? Or am I gonna find me a solution that makes me happy? Because you know what? Arguing doesn't make me happy. Fighting up over stuff that's small, that's inconsequential at the end of the day, but somehow very, very important. I can't fix them, so fix me. I can't tell uh, change them, but I can change me. And I did something that changed me getting it. Some people would have said, Well, why did you make the basket? So, that's not important. If you go ahead believing, Oh, it's a small issue. It's not a small issue if the person's brought it up for you. It's not small to them. But at the same time, you can't fix everything that someone brings to you. It's not your job to. So you might want to acknowledge that you've done it. Acknowledge, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. All right. I need a mistake, or that was an error on my part, or I didn't realize this was something so important to you, whatever. But you could be apologizing forever and putting in things there's no way for you to really sustain. Because as much as I was talking about how that irritated me, it irritated him that I didn't pay more attention to. We all have our idiosyncrasies. Your job is to find a fine way to not make your idiosyncrasy theirs. Not fuss and quarrel with them over who they are. But focus that energy on you. What could I do differently? What could I do better? What a, that's none of my business. What is my business? What can I change? What am I in charge of? I'm in charge of loving me. That's my job. If I give me enough love, I don't have a sink well to constantly be sucking out of you. It is unrealistic expectations of what you're to do to make me happy. Moving the things or not moving the things that will not make me happy. It's a short fix. Me fixing my own problem made me very proud, very happy, and very detached. It was great. It wasn't any more hard about it. There really was a, after that, that was the end of it because it was like, I found my solution. And a lot of times you need to understand you already have your solution. It's not about projecting what you want onto someone else. It's about self-introspection, how you are going to arise to get the things you want. And I say that because regularly our vexation and our arguments are going to come over us projecting how we think something should work and acting as though it is written in gold and the only way it can happen. And we really need to come to grips with the fact I don't know enough to determine what's right for everybody. I only know enough, actually. I don't even know enough for myself. And so for the time it takes for me to tell you how you should do this and what you're doing wrong, it's time I need to spend why is this upsetting me? How do I need to regroup and refocus on this? How do I move past this where it doesn't hurt me? And what ideas do I need to change in myself that will bring me back to happy? Because it's holding on to things that say it should work like this. That's causing your upset. And if you're trying to always please your partner and not please you, ultimately you blow. You're gonna rehash issues that you wouldn't be rehashing if you'd settled within yourself. Yes, sometimes in a relationship, one of the best things is to take some space away from I'm upset, I'm angry, but I'm processing my anger. And as a result, let's not talk about the argument. Let's not talk about the thing you did that upset me because I can't even really put it into detail or words, the layers on which it hurt my wife. And I'm willing to share it with you at some point, but I'm not willing to share it with you or I'm not sharing it with you in the hope that you transform into what I want. I want to make that very clear to people. You can tell me about something I'm doing that irritates you. But don't tell me in the hope you think, I'll automatically stop it. It's unrealistic, and it's frustration. Because your argument will always be, but I told you, but guess what? None of us are robotic enough to just flip any emotion not programmed to just flip something because somebody brings it to my attention. On top of that, it may not be something in myself, I want to change. You need to determine where is your safety net with what people do. Hon, I find you very generous. I find you very kind and whatever else. And I get you want to help everybody. But acknowledge this is where it interrupts our comfort. And so up to here is what I can take. I don't intend to do more. So that when the person does this again, you can cut off at the point you're comfortable at. And if any complaints happen because you didn't rise to their expectation, you can merely remind them, I told you what I can handle. And that's all I can handle. I suggest me not stress me more than what I can handle. It's now up for me to read that information and move to suit. I used to always try to explain to my husband if I ask you to do something with me, or I ask you to drive me somewhere, or whatever, and you don't want to, please express it. Because there is nothing worse than you're doing it for me, and you're upset, you're cranky, and then you get it in my face later. Because you feel justified now. I do this for you, I love you. And you did it for me because you want to, so either let it go or don't do it. If you don't enjoy doing something I ask you to do, don't do it. I am a grown adult who has other resources. And although you are my first choice, you are not my only choice. So when I talk about introspection instead of project, watch that you are not manipulating your partner into doing stuff they don't want to do. And how do you feel when you are manipulated into doing stuff you don't want? And let me just say, even if somebody is to learn that you are to give, give because you will want to get, give because it's important to somebody. Give because, yes, it's out of my comfort zone, but I'm willing to do it because I love you. Even if you're going to get there, it is best you get there on your own. And not forced there, and not guilted there. Because they see things like guilt and manipulation, they come back to on us. Guilt never leaves. It's this huge burden we carry. It downs us. It makes us lesser than. It's useless. And when we manipulate people and guilt them, we make them resent us. I know I'm going to have a lot of issues with my poor children later on, but that was before I knew. Now I know I do better, but even that is a daily process of making sure, are you detached enough? Are you asking for what you need, but acknowledging that this person is not on the same page as you? Is it okay? Can I handle it? You've given me news I didn't like. Okay, I'm going to process the news. Let me just go... Suck myself, deal with it, I come back. I come back at a place I can either handle or where I'm up to where I'm right. Nobody's forcing each other, nobody's these issues keep coming up. So you want to bed them early. Arguing. Disagreements. And manipulation and other things. When you're guilty the your next body and this huge argument breaks out. Check yourselves in arguments. Check your tone. Check your language. Check your energy. You can have a disagreement. And not hold a stance. I am always telling this story. Because to me it's such a good story. I used to have a boyfriend who... We were arguing and I was very annoyed at something he did, and I was fussing at it. And he reached for me, and of course I pulled away because I was holding a stance. Because I was about to let him know, no, no, you're not going to manipulate me with this one. I don't want to talk. I'm vexed with you, I'm whatever. And on top of that, I want to be hurt. And he held my hand despite. It. And I was still trying to pull it out, and he said, First of all, remember you are vexed at the thing I did and not at me. We love each other, but you don't enjoy what I've done. Let's discuss that part. But it doesn't mean we can't hold each other and remind each other that there's love here. It changed the whole tone of the conversation. And although I got to listen my irritation with what he did it didn't make it bitter when it was done it wasn't uncomfortable when it was done it was actually quite beautiful and he heard me because now we weren't enemies having an argument we were two lovers having a discussion about what would enhance our relationship it changed even if we're living with the individual, then that's not the time to have the conversation. But when you can get to the point you can hug them or hold them and say, look, what really pissed me off the other day was this, this, and this. And by the way, arguments don't spoil. Points don't spoil. So you're more than welcome to take it about a later day. But it is important that you discuss it. And it is important that you make time to discuss your all. You're living in the same space. You're sharing the same space. And what I'm saying about self-love is not. Self-love is I want this to be sustainable. For this to be sustainable, we need constant management meetings. We need constant times to discuss the little mingles between us. And if I can soothe them, I will. But I'm not obligated to soothe them. If I can help in any way, because I love you, I will help. But I'm not obligated. And if you remove the obligation to please, then it makes pleasing so much more pleasurable. Because when I do it, you always know it's genuine. You always know. know, There's one thing I love about um, a friend of mine. I can ask him directly, do you feel like doing this? because, no, I don't have the ask if doing it. He's so comfortable with me, is that he'll say, hey, nope, not doing that. Not interested. It's not me. And we're good. good. I never, I never feel like he do it because I know, oily. he He do it because he can ask me for something. It's never that. It's always an easy going of now, he I can tell you exactly what you asked me. You don't got to second guess it. You don't got to ask me twice. You don't got to check back with me. I just only do the things I want to do. And I love it. Because then I'm never confused. There's no mixed messaging. There's no no guilt letter. There's no debt to be paid. It's straight on. And when we also talk about arguing. And talking talk about disagreeing. And remembering you love the person. Remember what you're expressing is your feelings and not a series of accusations you're shedding at the next person. And the problem lies with this a lot of times, is we don't want to be vulnerable. So, for example, I only recently learned that my mind and me are not the same. My mind is a series of thoughts. Emotions are the collection of thoughts that happen in my mind. But me, I run, whether I have those running or not, I can shut them off. I can shut down my mind and still function, breathe, eat, sleep, do all the other things. Because it's not me. And so sometimes what's happening is my mind is doing a dance on me. It is bringing up every insecurity I have about an issue. And in an argument, because you have touched a sense that is uncomfortable for me, all of these ideas start to fly up at me. And I've got a lot of crazy banter going on. They're not even true, but they're banter just being bombarded with. Hence, I'm having the upset that I'm having. And sometimes it's saying things to me like, he do that on purpose. He didn't mean to. He don't care nothing about you. And every insecurity then comes to face. And the problem with that is it's not true. It's not you. But sometimes you got to express it. So remember when expressing it, you're saying what you But you're not accusing the person of these things. It's all the things that comes up in your mind because because you feel insecure because you've watched infidelity before because you've do remember I do not have a perfect studio, hence the background noises. Um, all the insecurity that comes up Mm -hmm. and how it drives you crazy and it bites at you and it's, it's just, you have to remember it so you can disassociate from it, so you can refocus into the now and regroup. What do you think? Is it true? Because regularly some fairly ugly things come up when an old issue that I. Or an insecurity that I've developed. And I just want you to know, insecurities can develop. You can be, you can have a fantastic self-esteem one day, and the next day you feel it crap. And the reason being is because insecurity is not something. Self-esteem is actually not something that stays constant. It's something you actually have to work at. Then watch the things you tell yourself. Watch the people that you're around or what they tell themselves. If you're around people who are dealing with issues at a time, and can be very negative about it, You can without realizing it, absorb some of that messaging in your own brain. And all of a sudden, you have insecurities you did not even realize you had or, or people have told you to get. I know one of the biggest things that people always go to, if you mention you're having a challenge, oh, he must be cheating, oh, she must be cheating. Please keep your comments to yourself. It adds stress. It makes people then think in a particular tangent, and all of a sudden, they're looking for things that aren't there because once your mind focuses on something, it becomes what it sees. Now you know the law of attraction and if you are out there talking about, or oh, they must be cheating because they're less attentive, they're probably less attentive because people are out the same way or because you don't actually have a meter to measure something like attention and even though it's the same because you want more, all of a sudden, it's inadequate. And now, it's that you're coming up with nonsense because you have not been filling your own cup with self-love. You been rely on that individual to do so. And anytime you're relying on your partner or anybody else to bring you joy, you're going to be up for a great disappointment. Joy is your domain. Happiness is at you. It isn't somebody else's task to make you happy, acknowledge, understand, come to grips with just that. So, you want to keep it real for you. You want to keep it honest with you because you are being honest with yourself. And you're checking yourself because sometimes You have to remember, I love this person. And you have to remember, this person is not only worthy of the love. They have the same grace from God I have. So they make decisions based off of their own mechanics. And mine isn't better than theirs. What mine is, is different. And so there's not a single outcome that could come from them. And mine isn't the right outcome. They're different, but they're both valuable. It is better. To be happy than to be right. I'm going to say that again. And if there's no other mantra I want you to use, is that one. It is better to be happy than to be right. You're in an argument or disagreement and it heated and it doesn't end great. The job is not to keep the fight going and bring it up every chance you get. The job is not to manipulate them with everything you have because you think you are so right and so justified. Your job is to keep a positive outcome as your focus. And then let it go. So that that can come out of it. Sometimes, with my husband, when we get to a where I would say what I think we should do. Or we would discuss it. We'd come up with a plan and then on the moment my husband would do something completely different totally throw me and i would be very hurt by the change of plan and i'd be very hurt But I also noticed that after a time, talking to my husband was not always effective because he's human, because I'm human, and so I started to project. To I would say, Lord, I don't know what's right down here, but what I do know is that they could good look up. and maybe his way been dealing with it is fine. Maybe, maybe both of us looking at it would have been great. But clearly that's not happening. So still give me a good outcome. And sometimes the plan would go awry. And my husband would come back and say, oh, you know, maybe you were right. Of course that brought great joy to my ears. But on top of that, I recognize that a good outcome is a good outcome. It doesn't have to be my way. If it's going to work out, it'll work back around to it. And sometimes the lesson isn't mine to learn. The lesson is theirs. And I have to stay out of it. And it's not a case of I'm always right or contrary. Sometimes they were too. But it was sometimes about letting go. My want to be right. To allow it to just happen. Sometimes it just got me good to you you got to acknowledge that, look, this isn't that important. The worlds will shatter if he does it, the opposite way. It won't scar my children. I believe it's going to. I'm going to have some trust. I'm going to mind my own business. Just to wrap up, because we have dealt with, your job is to love you. Your job is to love you and get so good at it. You know how to beam love on somebody else. You're so good at loving you. You understand compassion. You understand detachment. You understand commitment. Because you also know how to love you. And in loving you, you can sustain this relationship. Not by loving them, they never. People need to know what they want first before you can love them. And if I can't express to you what it is I want from you because I haven't worked it out, then I'm leaving you just wandering around in a quagmire, just just aimlessly shooting and not knowing where the target is, hoping to hit something. And if you don't want that, mind your own business and not your partner's. I remember somebody once saying to me, your partner is so surly. How he gets so useful. And I thought, I don't know, it's not my business to figure out why he's like that. Do I love him? I love him. And he ain't, he ain't the nicest body in the world. And he doesn't need to be. Only I need to like him. And I don't need, it doesn't need to be something I explain. People don't have to be duplicates of you. People don't have to match what society says. You love them. You found something in them to love. That's all that matters. Don't keep making excuses for them. They're separate individuals. Oh, your husband was really rude to me. Okay. He's a separate individual. I'm, I'm his wife, not his mama. I don't cut his ass. I don't tell him I to be here. That's not like him. When he's with me, he treats me now. Maybe he doesn't have that same trust and love and respect for you. Maybe he doesn't treat me. It's not my business. I'm not and the more you understand not to judge what your partner does and not to own it, the more you're happy with you. Huh? The more you are cool, you don't get embarrassed. You don't make excuses for them. you do Cause they're not you. You make excuses for you enough. You don't need to be making for anybody else. I can apologize for myself, a friend of Abba. How am I gonna apologize for himself when he's in something. His bad mood, although I don't get it, is justifiable. And on top of that, they have their own meter. Sometimes I am easy to like somebody because I'm likable and I like everybody. But sometimes it's not easy for them because they have a meter that's saying to them, look, do not trust this person. Do not turn your back on them. I don't like them. And although my wife is unable to pick up this, I have radars and my radar says, "Uh don't trust. Don't judge what you don't know. Let everybody be them. Self-introspection instead of projection. You Always want to check you first before you determine or you hit them with spews of your own thoughts. You are not your mind. Watch the things your mind is telling you and check if they're even true or check on what level they're affecting you before you spew your projection. For you spew your anger on someone else and sometimes you get angry at something and you can't even begin to explain it go check out why check out why you're so mad what's making you so angry what about this hurt they did and is it a present issue or is it an old issue that this reminds you of or is it You've made these facts mean this, and is it true? Always be checking you first. That's the only body you're in charge of. Remembering I love you, I might not like your actions. So when you argue, even when you're representing yourself, even when you're defending a point you hold dear, remember that person you are having this discussion with is not your enemy. What they are is somebody who's disagreeing. With something you believe for your reasons and they believe for theirs. And people are neither right nor wrong, they're different. So it's not that my idea is right and yours is wrong, and you should have mine. and It's. We have different ideas. But remember, if you're never honest with you, that not being honest, since honesty is the foundation and truth on the side is the foundation, anytime. You, you aren't truthful either with yourself or your partner. Right off the bat, you are crumbling the foundation. And it really peters through and it really freaks up everything else. So remember, even before you were about telling if your partner is true to you, or if you're true to you. Are you really being honest? Do you really want to do this? Do you really want to be very careful? So that when you're arguing, you also know let me be let me make sure it be intruding me when I say this. Let me make sure that I'm honestly feeling this and that yes, although this hurts me, that I'm focused on the issues so I can actually get resolved. And I'm not just snapping and hitting at you because I am not being vulnerable or willing to be vulnerable enough to be honest and say the real issue. So for example when you start mingling at a partner over everything in the hopes to do when it's really you going to a growth spurt and you got some areas you're insecure about or you're jealous and you're so busy denying that you have that emotion you can't address it as opposed to surrendering to it by saying yes I'm jealous I experienced jealousy today there was something about the way you looked at such and such the way you, you talked to her the way you interacted with her or him that made me jealous. It isn't something I necessarily need you to change, but it is something I need to be aware of. And I don't want you to change who you are and your reaction to your friend. I'm just saying, wow, I've got to check what about that. Drives me so crazy. And own it. Don't put it on them to deal with. It's yours to deal with. And last but not least, it is better to be happy than to be right just that, I'm not going to add on anything to that because you've got to let go some of these things that you think only have one option there's always, that's the beauty of being human thank you for another great podcast thank you for tuning in if you listened thank you for being out there to listen and this is M. Maria Cullermore, personal development coach on sex and relationships